Thanks, Jason, for sitting this afternoon and talking about our topic that we'd like to discuss today. Um, excuse the pun, um, Media Matters. Mm. I know your business is called Matters. Just give us a bit of bit of background. Yeah, well, basically, the intention is everything ultimately to different people matters. And it may be music, it may be wine, it may be business, it can be any aspect. So it's kind of a, what's the term that you would use? Um, it, can, it, it can adapt to any environment. But yeah, the bottom line is uh, creating content that not only engages uh, an audience, but um, ideally converts them um, and has them do something, whether it's to read, whether it's to purchase, whether it's to um, to edify themselves on a topic. Yeah, that's kind of what we strive to do. And that's the kind of work that um, I do with you uh, with regards to music exchange, where we take um, the keynote speakers, where we take the topics throughout the year and look to unpack them in a way that's engaging um, and that is ultimately um, educating, like I say, edifying and growing um, people's knowledge base because there is still a lot of, I wouldn't call it ignorance, um, but a lack of knowledge around uh, certainly the industry that you uh, spend all of your time in, which is the entertainment economy. Um, and, and, our, and our job is really to try and, again, it sounds disingenuous, but uh, to uplift <clears throat> um, people by bringing great thought leaders into a room um, and and talking about their area of expertise and those that listen, those that engage, walk away richer. I mean, I'm, I'm playing on the cliche of pressing matters and, and pressing topics and that. And you would have thought with, with the COVID pandemic, there would have been a, a fundamental shift in, in, in the human spirit, the human narrative, the, the, the human discussion. And it seems now in July we're going full circle sort of back to where we came pre-pandemic where the musicians have very much an idea of me, myself and I. Mm. I mean, if I give you an example, if you send a birthday wish to someone and you've got them on their phone, they're mm. on your WhatsApp, yeah, that your means your, your contact, you have, a, you have an engagement yeah. with them, you, have a, you have a friendship, you have a relationship, you have a rapport mm. and a week later there's no response. Mm. Yet then afterwards, the artist cries foul as to why are you not giving me attention? Mm. Yet now I want to talk to the attention part. I write, as you well know, and you also write for a number of publications. And the reach sometimes of the artist asking you to do something, it's no good anymore to saying, oh, I've just released a record. Mm. Well, whoop-de-doo. And what? And what? what? Am, and am what? I right? Absolutely. And I think, I mean, you make an interesting point is that and sadly, it's not a new discussion. I mean, I've been in the music um, space, I think, probably for as long as you have, uh, indirectly, indirectly, and certainly over the last 30 years, there's this weird kind of assumption that an artist will go away and be they a musician or a graphic artist or a photographer for that matter. They, they, they spend a lot of time creating this art and they put a lot of money or whatever money they have, means that they have, into this thing. And... Once it's finished, then they go, ta-da! And then that's when you typically get the, the email saying, oh, I've released a song. But what they forget is that it, it's a three-part journey. Writing the song, yes, is surely the biggest challenge. Creating the piece of art is the biggest challenge. But the real work really starts after that. But while you're creating your art, you've got to be thinking about 
the fact that on Spotify they're uploading 30,000 new tracks a day. How are you going to have your song or your piece of art rise above this, the noise? And that's really in creating the story, the narrative that people are going to connect with on some kind of an emotional level in order for it to separate you from the dearth of stuff that is out there. So the amount of investment, financial and otherwise, that you put in to this thing that you make, you've got to consider spending, if not the same amount of money, certainly within corporate uh, music industry, they will invest 500 million on a movie, they will spend five times that on marketing and promoting it. And yes, that, that doesn't play true to you know, a lot of musicians who are certainly are starting out. But, but, but it's about the investment in time. But it's and the commitment. principle, is, mm. is it not right? You might only have spent 10 grand and, mm. and, and created a masterpiece, which mm. you can do nowadays with GarageBand and all the apps that mm. are available mm. at home. But how do you interest the likes of yourself? There were the Miles Keylock back in the day. There was the, the Rolling Stone magazine back in the day. Mm. Because in prepping for this, you mentioned newsrooms are absolutely gutted. Mm. Well, so, so what mm. does uh, a journalist like yourself get excited by when you see a story? Mm. It's that backstory. Am I correct? Mm. The, the, the history behind the song. Well, exactly. And the, the thing is that if, if you're not the person to do that because you see yourself as being just the specialist in writing the music, then you employ, and, I'm, and I use the word employ because in the same way that you don't get your software for free, you don't get your guitar for free, you have to, if you believe in what you are doing, then you have to make that further investment because that investment is the difference between your song that you believe is worthy getting heard or not. And that is where you invest in the likes of myself, the likes of yourself, where you then create that content that works across your socials, works across all of the current media platforms that are out there in order to unpack this thing that you've lived with in your bedroom for the last six months or year or however long it's been. I don't know that as a listener, nor do I care, because guess what? I've got 50,000 choices out there to make. What is it about your song that's going to resonate? And that can be in a headline, it can be in, a, in an opening paragraph, but that's, that story is quintessential to a song popping and I think you know we were chatting earlier around you know someone like Steve Lowe who's been making music for the last 40 years of his life just to, to give context mm. he was he was a man in, in a band called All Night Radio mm. which was was mega in the 80s then had a band called Big Sky which won a Sama award had a um, an exceptional song called Waiting for the Dawn in fact it's very relevant to what's happening in, in South Africa at the moment. And it's a classic. The crisis. Yeah, and it's seen as a classic, in, certainly in, 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 South, in South African terms. You know, it is, it's a rock classic that to this day is still relevant. Played, played and relevant, and as you say, to the topic. But, but I think, now he hmm. went and recorded with Joe Bonamassa, the Joe Bonamassa. Hmm. He went and worked in, in Nashville. He, he worked with a, a, a dear friend, a, a lifelong friend of his, Kevin Shirley. Now, these are Uber names hmm. um, in, in the business. And you go as a journalist, wow, whoop-de-doo, because I do know those names. Hmm. But just unpack what he unpacked for, for you, which made this, the story so much more relevant about the song Wind In Your Hair featuring Joe Bonamassa. Mm -hmm. um, for, for youngsters out there, it's, it's equivalent of 
Martin Myers suddenly having Bruno Mars on my record yeah, totally as a different. guest. Or you know? Or someone like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no, I mean the interesting thing in, in, in Steve's case was that, you know, like I said, he's been in the industry for 40 years and he had, you know, he had, uh, he had fair success, uh, you know, throughout uh, those years, but it didn't really pop. Um, and interestingly, yes, he's worked with Kevin on pretty much every record that he's released bar one. Um, and, you know, yes, even with the likes of the Kevin Shirley, it was like, hmm, okay, yes, Kevin Shirley, Iron Maiden, Led Zeppelin, uh, Robert Plant, Plant exactly. sitting with Jimmy Iovine. Yeah, ex- it's, it's mega, am I right? But that wasn't the moment where it turned for him. So, so he does this great record that he recorded just before the lockdown last year um, and releases it um, and gets signed at the age of 63. Uh, to Sony ATV for the world. First time in his career as a solo artist, he gets this mega deal. Again, so what? That's when he turned to me and he turned to us and he said, I need, I need, I need to tell my story. I've, I've written the songs. I don't know how as an artist to be able to articulate that in the right way to the right people on the right platforms. So what did I do? I went away and I interviewed him, just literally sat there there's Steve lying on the grass with his dog, uh, Rocky, I think it's dog, yeah, what's the dog's name? Anyway, yeah, sidebar. But, um, uh, sorry, no, um, who, a drummer from the Beatles, my goodness. Ringo, Ringo. Thank you, the dog's name is Ringo. So, yes, um, so I literally just pick his brain and I get him to tell me the backstory. And the reason why we did it was because here is Steve Lowe getting played on 150 stations in America all of a sudden because of the Joe and Bonamassa link. But that wasn't enough. Because everyone's hearing the song, but they're going, who the hell is Steve Lowe? Because in America, nobody knows who he is. Right? But they know who Joe Bonamassa mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. The honey, this tie-up happened. And they know who Kevin Shirley is. But then you've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to tell that story. So pretty much what I did was, I wrote two different pieces. I wrote one where I name-dropped the hell out of it. Because Steve's hung out with the Jimmy, uh, the Jimmy Irvines of the world. He's hung out with The Edge. You know, he's hung out with with, with uh, Dave Stewart from the Eurythmics and Brian May from Queen. And again, kind of, kind of so what? But if you are reading this and one of those names resonate with you, you're a step closer to actually listening to Steve's track because you either you know, respect or admire those names. So again, it's, kind of a, it's, a, it's a bit of a clickbait scenario. But then I went a step further and then I told the personal story, the struggle, the doubt, the... Uh, this is a man who, like I said, has released multiple albums, has won multiple Psalm Awards, but yet was riddled with self-doubt when recording his most recent album. And it took someone like Kevin to go, you've got this, man. I know you've got this. You've done this before. I mean, can you imagine sitting in a studio and in strolls Joe Bonamassa, you know, and now you've got to kind of step up to that. And you're this, this boykey from South Africa and then you've got From Joe Cape Town, in fact. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you've got to... And, and, for, and for him to go, cool. And he, and he literally plays the, plays the riff, picks up his amp and leaves. And it's that level of kind of expertise. And, but knowing the backstory and reading that backstory and then going back to the song, the song then just pops. And that's what the do point you, What do you mean by, by, by saying when a song does pop? Does it then automatically mean you as the reader who has perhaps not listened to the song yet on one of the platforms mm. go, oh, this sounds interesting. This could be my 
type of story. Let's listen. Yeah, because the thing is, I don't know who Steve is, but I know who Brian May is. I do know who Kevin Shirley is, or maybe I don't. But these are these names are coming at me, and I'm going, okay, this guy's not a lightweight. Um, so there, there must be something there. I don't know his music. Why don't I know his music? Because it wasn't properly PR'd. It wasn't properly it wasn't properly done. Now at this stage of his career, that's happening, and 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 the reality to your point about newsrooms effectively being empty, um, and because of the nature of where media is at the moment, what you've got to do is you've got to create that story, and whether you create it or somebody else writes it for you, like you do and like I do, and then you present that to the media as a as a finished, ready to go, product professionally done in the to to the same standard as the track that you just recorded. Because we don't have specialists, art journalists anymore. A dime a dozen. So am I right? You've got to make those names jump up so that they might know because their speciality might be fine art or painting or something, but they do know Mm. the name Brian May. They Mm. do know the name, oh wow, 4664. I see he appeared with that. Let this interests me. Mm. And am I right? Then they are the gatekeeper because they decide... To publish that, exactly. so almost you're jumping through hurdles. Exactly, and but knowing that, then you've got to prepare all of that content, all of that collateral, so that the day that your song is finished, that's not the day you take it to market. Then you've got to say, okay, now I've got to tell the story of this, so that when you do submit it to radio, when you do put it out on your socials, when you do put it on all of the platforms, you've got your song, but then you've got the story. Because without the story... You are one of another 29,999 others. And as much as you may think your song is worthy of being number one on the UK charts or on the Billboard charts in America, um, it's up to the gatekeepers. And you've got to appeal to the gatekeepers. So you've got to make it as easy as possible and as painless as possible that if you can give them a a great song that's well produced and you've got this complete story that they literally just need to cut and paste and publish. That is the scenario that you want to find yourself in. Because coming to the likes of you going, oh, no, I've got the song and no one's playing and I don't understand why. That's when the real work starts. I mean, a classic example is, you know, we were, t- we were citing movies. When, when actors and actresses and directors go to a film set, they sit there for six weeks and, they, and they, they produce a movie. Then the real work starts. Then it's the cutting room. Then it's to post-production. It's all of that stuff. And then what happens to the actors? The actors are not employed for six weeks. They're employed for another five months after that movie has actually been finished and is ready to go. Because they get on planes, they get on trains, they get in buses, and they PR the hell out of that. So it, was, it was funny you, you, you're mentioning that because in Music Exchange this year, the 11th year, we've got um, Michael Smelly, who's our keynote speaker, and he was one of the top dogs at, at, at BMG and in fact helped orchestrate the deal between the buyout between BMG and Sony and that. Mm. And he was telling me, Martin, you know, it's a machine. Mm. And when I tell my 4,000 employees to press send on an artist like Merrill Bainbridge, mm. the last thing you need is artist Merrill Bainbridge going, no, I'm not getting up at seven in the morning to do, do Good Morning America mm. or do this phono with the BBC. Mm. It's a machine that comes together. And I think artists here, particularly in South Africa, don't apply that principle. Yeah. They still sit there with the cap in hand. You must do that for me. Because I've written the song. Yeah. So my job is done. And you're going, no, that's actually where your job starts. 
and 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 that's the thing and like i say it's it is sadly a universal problem um but you're as you're as strong and i mean it applies to to the work that we do you're as strong as the people that you surround yourself with um and you are not an island um and you also need to remember that if you are pushing music out into the world that is a commercial transaction you cannot be precious about it you cannot be entitled to go oh no but people must come to me then rather don't do it then yes go to bandcamp go to wherever you want to be and pop it up there and hope to you know hope to hell that something sticks um but you cannot do the thing that so many of the artists that you work with and that we know where they go oh i don't understand why my songs not being played on the radio and i don't understand why i'm not getting lines you know in the south african it's because you've got to make yourself available in the same way that tom cruise shoots a movie and then gets on a plane and travels the whole world so five months of his life after the six weeks that he set up actually shooting his movie um in telling the story and telling the anecdotes and that's that's where people go that's the moment where you you start to connect with your audience and you cannot be precious I mean I just I just want to go back to talking about being precious um last week was the was the Wimbledon final Novak Djokovic was in the final he won his his 20th title in that and in the audience not in the royal box was Tom Cruise the Tom Cruise he was there, he was there yes he was there for the women's final and mm. he was there for the men's final mm. Now there's reason he's probably is a tennis fan absolutely but there's probably something coming he's along the way there's Just a movie Tom coming Grand is coming um he, he was polite to the audience he was there yes. he got TV time yeah. on the biggest world sporting event mm. that weekend imagine what that was worth Just he didn't buy that he didn't if he had gone to someone and said I'd like you to actually capture me at Wimbledon that rub their hands together and go media value 6 million pounds because that's what it was worth to have that shot for about it was 8 to 10 seconds of global tv time now we can get the commentator announcing yes. Tom Cruise and there he is gracious smiling waving. waving he could have had a headache from hell he could have been hungover he could have hated tennis but he was there and he pitched up and he presented because he's a professional and whether you like him or not or you think he's a complete ass he understands the rules and i think you know if you wind this back to our original point is that if you're going to get into this business and it's a messy business and it's you know it's full it's full of challenges is that you've got to own all of it as an artist because david bowie was the one that said many many years ago and it kind of talks to his success is that make it your business to understand the business that you're in not to write the press release not to pitch it to radio but understand that those are steps that you have to go through in order for you to stand a chance it doesn't guarantee success but it gets you closer and the guys that are willing to put in the time and you can see it with bands take bands like Dave Matthews Dave Matthews spends when he can 268 days of a 365 day year on the road in the room with his audience let me interrupt you i got a, a, a press release from from the pr team at regarding joan on the trading mm. here's a woman who has won every award known in the uk absolutely i interviewed her last yeah. week mm. the questions were sent we engaged 
turnaround time in less than 72 hours. Mm. This is a woman at the top of her game mm. who doesn't need to do PR, frankly, but mm. she understands the value. Mm. And what is she doing now? She's doing a live stream on the 31st of July mm. to amplify the message regarding her new album mm. and will play classics. So she will build a new audience. Yeah, and I think that is so lazy. important. Yeah. But she hasn't gotten lazy. She hasn't gotten lazy, hasn't got entitled, hasn't gone... Oh, but I'm Joan Armour Trading. I've been... You know, and who is this little Martin Myers? Yes, you know, from, from South Africa. Yeah, how many records am I going to sell? You don't know. Because guess what? There are artists out there. And you don't know what the trigger's going to be on what's going to take your track from being, like I said, 29,999 right up to the top. You just don't know. But what you can do is make sure that you tick every single box that you possibly can so that if and when it happens... You are prepared, you are ready, and you can deliver. I mean, so many times I, I sit and, and, and look in closing off, and you see the younger South African acts, and you, and you look for them on Spotify, and they've got five or ten followers or twelve followers, mm. and they're making an awful noise in, 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 in the city of Cape Town. And you read underneath, they haven't even got themselves verified. They mm. haven't even put their biography up. Mm. They haven't put their Twitter links up. Mm. They haven't put their Instagram links mm. up. And those are basic things that you can do because you can't beat the algorithm. No, you yeah. know, you can put pictures up. You can do things. There was a, a young kid who, who you saw two weeks ago that I wrote up, Latheme, mm. starting out sent him all the documentation. He says, all of a sudden, my followers have increased because I've started doing these pictures. Mm. But he's starting to follow the rules. Yeah. But it took him two years to realize that mm. you need to follow the rules, that you need to get your hands dirty. If that you, you want to play in a commercial space. If you want to play in a commercial space. And, that, and those are the rules. Where the, and again, you, you cannot be... Um, you know, if you want to play in the space, then there are rules by which to play. And if you're smart, you can play it to your advantage. Um, but, you know, Joan Armour Trading, David Bowie, all of these people, Tom, you know, Tom Hanks, you know, at his age, he doesn't, surely he's, he's not doing it, you know, for, for, for money. What he's doing is he's creating art um, and he's putting it out there, but he's respecting the audience. He's respecting the machine that drives that in order for him to be able to monetize that for, in his case, probably hundreds, if not thousands of people that are connected to him. He is, a, he is like a business. And he's not sitting, resting on his laurels going, I know, you know, if I, if I build it, they will come. No, because even Tom Cruise can have a fail if he doesn't do the work. And like we said, make it your business to understand the business that you're in. And then you look at the circle that you have and you go, okay, who in that circle can support me in that way? And if they're there, then you push it out and you call in favors and you bring those people together. If you don't have it, then guess what? The next six months of your life, that's where you've got to focus. And I think that's a lovely point to end on, that it does take a team to amplify that message of that work that, that you created in... And that can be friends, that can be colleagues, they can be... They don't have to be professional people, but if they are if they are good at something or they have got access, bring them in. Let them support you. If they believe in your music, if they like what you're doing, bring them in. Is it, is, is it not only true, and I know I'm harping on the point, the journalist at the end of the day, if this song suddenly pops mm. and goes, the journalist can go back, hey guys, do you realize that 18 months ago I was one of the first mm. people to, yeah. to, to write lovely. that up? 
And that's a feather in their cap because Absolutely. then that journalist also becomes a tastemaker. Oh, wow, he can spot talent mm. before anybody else did and before anybody else Separates got the bandwagon. Separates from his peers, yeah. He, yeah. he stuck his neck out. And, and mm. I think that's what you want because you do want champions to help champion you along yeah, the way. Exactly. And people are, people are in positions of power and I mean that by that they can influence things then obviously get close to hold that hold that thought i want to touch on influence next week cool. and the doors and the gatekeepers and how they can open doors for people to amplify their career thank you thanks for the time jace you're welcome okay. man ciao have a bye. good week bye. thanks bye. Bye.